Six of the Best, the original podcast series by Blatantly Blunt, only on Kiki. This is Kabaka Premier representing for Blatantly Blunt. Six of the Best is an exploration into the inspirations of the songs and albums which inspired and defined our guests. The six-part rundown consists of three of the releases which gave them the inspiration and defined their years growing up, as well as three songs of their own which defines their own musical identity. Kabaka Pyramid is a conscious revolutionary lyricist hailing from Kingston, Jamaica, who blends the power, energy and melody of reggae with the lyricism of hip-hop. His 2018 album, Contraband, was executive produced by Damien and Stephen Marley and features Chronix, Akon, Protégé and Damien Marley too, amongst others. The name Kabaka is Ugandan for king and the long-lasting survival of the pyramids of ancient Africa represent his desire for longevity in the music and deep connection to his Kemetic roots. His message has been delivered on a live stage to tens of thousands of people across festivals in North America, Europe, Central America and the Caribbean. Kabaka has headlined several 20-plus multi-city club tours delivering an electrifying and entertaining live performance. He's just recently concluded the 30-show United States Stony Hill tour with Damien Marley to rave reviews. We're pleased to have him here today as part of the Blatantly Blunt podcast series on Kiki. And this series is, of course, called Six of the Best. Pleasure to have you here, sir. Give thanks. Greetings. Thank Likewise. you for taking time out today. Yeah, man. Give thanks. Thanks for inviting me, you know. Thank you very much, man. Definitely. So on this podcast series, we're going to be breaking down six albums or songs. Yeah. Three of them would be ones that uh, defined your youth growing up. Songs or albums that inspired you and helped define who you are today. Yeah. And we're going to go through three songs or albums of yours, which define you as an artist. So songs that really you're happy to put forward to the world and say, these are me. These are me as an artist. Straight up. And then we'll go for one song at the end, which is something that you're currently promoting. So let's go back in time and let's go back to the first project, which was the one you're going to identify that really identified you as an artist. Well, the first one I'd mention is um, Bojo Bantan, uh, Till Shiloh album. It's a monumental album in reggae music. I remember my father had the album, the CD. And he used to play it like when I go over to his house because he had my mother split when I was kind of young. So I used to go over my father's house and he had this this change and we would listen like Bojo Banton, Till Shiloh. Al- al- another album, you know, a notable mention was Shaggy Bombastic. That's another one okay. that I used to listen there and I always kind of identified with. And then it kind of later made sense to me because, you know, it had that kind of hip-hop influence too. But, but Bojo, Bojo's album was really an important one for me. You know, just just in that time, you know, having an artist put out such a monumental work with so many hits, you know, and, you know, as a youth who kind of grew up in the church, I remember an incident once where, well, not an incident, but an occasion where um, this musician from the church decided to, you know, sing one of Buju's songs in church. And obviously Buju, as a Rasta artist at that time, you know, talking about, singing about Ja. And not necessarily God or Jesus, you know, from the Bible and such. You know, he, he kind of got a lot of resistance from the congregation, you know, singing Buju's song. And he had to explain that, you know, Jah and God is the same concept, the same um, individual, the same entity. 
you know, and, and the people were still just restless and he didn't even get to complete the song. You know, so that that really symbolized a lot of what, you know, Rasta goes through in Jamaica. You know? Do you remember what song it was that he was singing? It church? was Untold Stories. Okay. Yeah. And that was, you know, it's, it's crazy because he's, it's just really a song that's talking about, you know, the oppression of poverty and, and economic struggle, the society, you know, the social struggles in Jamaica. You know, but obviously, you know, as Rasta artists, we, we tend to, to see things, you know, we express ourselves in a spiritual way and we call on the most, uh, we call on Ja, or, you know, Haile Selassie, or, or whatever you, you choose to express. You know, so obviously, you know, the, the, the word Ja was coming up a lot. And it was just, it was just interesting to see. I, I remember being a Christian at the time and thinking it, it never felt right that the crowd was, the congregation was being so resistant you know what I mean, to that message. And that later, you know, helped me to kind of see, you know, put certain things in perspective. And and then, you know, later on in life when I started to listen to Sizzla Kalonji, you know, one of his greatest albums being Praise Eja, you know, um, being another one that I kind of mentioned, that, that really caused a shift in my life from, you know, just being someone who you know identifies as a christian who doesn't really just kind of accepted whatever what i was told in church and in school to somebody who started to really seek knowledge for myself okay and and you know sought after my roots you know my real african roots you know and sizzler's music really did that for me so on the um on the Sizzler album which tracks really stood out for you as the most like like, Hard hitting tracks which really stuck in your memory. Definitely like Praise Eja. There's just a spiritual undertone with Sizzler's music that really pulls at your heartstring. You know, it's just very, very deep and it just hits very deep. It's like, I always say to people, like, because people, you know, the first, when you think of, like, the most influential reggae music, you tend to think of Bob Marley. But for me, I used to grow up, I used to, my father used to, you know, boast about having all of Bob Marley's albums. You know, and we used to drive to the country and listen a lot of Bob Marley. And I appreciate you know his impact globally you know as the, the the king of reggae definitely you know but for me personally it's sizzler you know what i mean and i'll say the same man. yeah it's like i've seen so many youths you know i don't like to use the word convert but really start to identify with rasta because of this man's music and the amount of the amount of man like my age to to between between that generation from like 35 to 45, you know, where we put on turban and, and everything on the site of Rastafari and it's, it's largely due to Sizzler's music, you know, and, and that album, you know, The Real Thing is another album. Yes. But I think, The Real Thing is, is probably his greatest yes. album, you know, the biggest songs, yes. the, the most hits, but the most deep hitting songs was them original set for me. You know what I mean? The real spiritual ones like Praise Each and them I wonder and them one they really 
bring about a revolutionary spirit. How do you think Sizzler is able to put out such a huge discography? Because it's insane how many albums this guy has got. I think it's crazy because I think that when you're Aries, Aries is a fire sign. And, and, and when you're a fire sign, a cardinal fire, it's like you have, a, you have a almost unlimited source of energy mm. to, to spark things and create things. It's a, very, it's a very creative sign. You know, so I think that he, he's an exceptional, you know, case in that situation where there was definitely a period in time in his life where the quality of his output was just superb. You know what I mean? And the, the quantity of that quality was just monumental. So I definitely, for me, he's the greatest still. Like just personally, you know what I mean? But I, I know how it is and I understand, you know, everybody's view. But for me, Sizzler, you yeah. can come to reggae. Okay. And if you um, go back to um, Till Shiloh yeah. with Buju, which were the songs which really stood out on that project for you? Um, so many, you know, Murderer, Champion, mm. Till I'm Late to Rest, you know, same untold stories. So many songs. It's just a huge album. In that and The Real Thing is definitely, you know, from, from the 90s up to the present, those are probably the two standout albums, the highest percentage of, of, of monster hits. You know, in one album, so definitely. Yeah. Do you ever feel like both those artists, um, their music gets overshadowed because of their controversial uh, lyrical content? <laughs> you know, to do with yeah, uh, I, yeah. I definitely think their 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 international careers could be much further if that pressure hadn't been applied to them over the years. Yeah. You know, and it's it's just funny. You know, it's a, it's obviously a controversial topic, and I have to watch. You know what I say in different platforms and things. But it's like it's really just. I think it's just a grand misunderstanding. For sure. Look, I mean, I love the music. Yeah. I don't agree with some of the things they say. Yeah. And for me, the confusion lies because they're very peaceful guys. They're exactly. very peace-loving guys, and their music is all about uplifting and mm-hmm. you know bringing people together yeah. and unity. But then they have these lyrics which yeah. are very much against. There's some of their lyrics. Some yeah. of their lyrics are very much you know, toxic in a way yeah. and kind of against a lot of the things that they stand for. So why do you think it is that they they have this content which kind of contravenes a lot of the stuff they talk about? I mean, is if I understand, music is just expression of feelings, you know. And just because you feel a certain way doesn't mean that you act a certain way. You know what I mean? And it's like we. You know, we 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 consider ourselves conscious people, but am I going to tell you that I don't watch violent films or I don't watch films with with sexual scenes and them kind of things in it? You know, there are certain things that appeal to 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 different moods and appeal to different you know moments in life. Yeah, and it's the same way. It's like we we as Jamaicans are very aggressive people. I understand that, and the way we interact with each other. Is very aggressive, but it's like all in love at the same time. Yeah, you know. But we, you know, some people not used to that that cultural expression. So it's just like even the the third album that I listed, you know, Wu Tang Forever. When when you when you listen to some of the songs on that, the man them dropping serious knowledge. 
you know there's some interludes in it where you know there's 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 a song called um I think it's called impossible stratosphere can you imagine for one single idea everything appeared here understand it makes my truth crystal clear innocent black immigrants locked in housing to the miss 85 percent tenants dependent where for recipients stapleton's been stamped as a concentration camp and like i walked through you know wu-tang is known for dropping knowledge but at the same time them know say you know selling drugs and them thing there is is a part of you know where them grow up and where them come from and and you know, them thing, you know, it's a part of the, the movies that them watch, different things where them influenced by. So it comes out in the music. It's like you put certain things in, it will come out in the music. But, you know, you look at, you, you watch the Wu-Tang documentaries now and you see what type of people they are. And it's the same way, you know, say, the man them is peace-loving people. The man them, you know what I mean? A lot of them are knowledge-seeking people. So I think, I think that reggae music gets a very hard knock when it comes to that. It's like, I always said to myself, like, the fact that I am a reggae artist is like, I can't, I can't show the full spectrum of my personality in music. How do you mean? Because at the end of the day, I consider myself a conscious person, but I'm not a saint. I, 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 I curse, you know, bad words to my friends. You know mm. what I mean? It's, these, are, these are things that, that, you know, we just do. It's just a part of our culture. It doesn't mean that I'm bad or trying to hurt anybody. You know what I mean? But if I got do that in the music now, it's like, oh, Kabaka this. You know, and I feel like it's not the same with hip-hop. It's not the same, you know, with even dancehall. You know, a lot of, a lot of ones, they're, they're, they're able to kind of just be themselves, express themselves as how they would normally express themselves. And I think that there is a, there's a genuineness in that that people are attracted to. And I think that contributes to why a lot of these artists' music spreads quicker. Because the same people who are attracted to these things, these people, are, you know, they're, they're similar. You know, they're, they're seeing similar things and them see them, like if you, if you go on like all a popcorn, if you go on him Instagram now, right now, the man is just doing things that all of the kids can relate to because him just being himself, him being the same way a lot of these kids act and identify with. Now, I'm a man who joke around a lot, but it's like, would my fan base understand a lot of the ways that I joke around? Because like, I, I have, I have progressed in this music as this serious artist, this mm. deep artist, and it's like it becomes this persona that I have to keep up with. You know what I mean? And I think, I think for reggae artists, that's a general thing, like quote unquote conscious artists. It's like we have to toe this thin line. You know what I mean? And, and hip-hop artists, even the deep ones, they say all kind of things in them songs. You know, Nas, the whole of them, them say all kind of things in them songs, how them deal with women and certain things where we just can't say. Because if we say that, then everybody does write we off. What sort of yeah. people do you think would write you off if that was the case? Like, what, what, like how much of your fan base are going to write you off? Is it the majority of your fans or a small portion? It's, it's, it's a good question. These are the things that we think about. Yeah. These are the things, you know, you don't know. But you can know that, all right, like if I post a picture in, I like Puma. I like the brand. I like to wear Puma. If I post a picture in all Puma, you're going to have some people who is saying how, you know, Puma, these brands are doing this and you shouldn't support these brands. And, and I think, 
I think that conscious artists get that type of feedback more because people hold us up on this pedestal and people expect certain things from us. They project on, on us what, you know what I mean? And and it's 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 fair. I do the same thing with certain artists too. You know, when I hear say certain artists do certain things, I'm like, for real? You know, because you don't expect that. You know, and, and I understand what it is. So, you know, I try to maintain that balance. But I don't know what percentage it is, but I just feel like once you position yourself within the industry a certain way, it's like people expect you to maintain that, you know? Yeah. Okay. So you mentioned earlier Wu-Tang Forever is your third selection yeah. for one of the projects which defines your yeah. coming up as a, as, a, as a human being. Hear how that album affects we now. Yeah. So like when, when we go into school, like we had a big group called Bomb Squad. It would have been like 20 of us was walking around the school. A lot of us wearing like Wallaby clocks and them things. They're like, enough of it influenced by Wu-Tang, you know, and just that kind of camaraderie. And even coming out of high school, when we just started to do music. It was a bunch of us. A lot of us were even rapping. You know, I, I never know how to sing at them time. I never know how to DJ in key and melodic and all of them kind of thing. So rapping was just easier for me because I used to just listen whole heap of hip-hop and just study them catch the accent when i rap in a sound like i come from new york or mm. so because that's all i'm listening to you know and we had a crew we, we put out you know albums that were kind of basically like mirror images of like wu-tang forever where you just have all the man them on the album or um um protect your neck album 36 chambers you know it's just that kind of camaraderie is like we're all just linking up at the studio we're just making music we're just dropping verses some of the songs don't ever have no chorus it's just like we're just making the music that we feel dropping the lyrics where we feel and, and it's all positive conscious for the most part you know what i mean and it's know a, a, a lot of that impetus from me was coming from and I know from my brother as well, who was kind of like the one who galvanized all of us together. He was like the RZA, but just not a rapper. He was the producer. And then I was like, you know, rapper, learning the production thing at the time, but still kind of, you know, making sure that everybody involved, you know, and, and it was because of my vision coming from, you know, how I see like Wu-Tang moving and them thing. I always, like whenever I make the party flex, I'm the one who's trying to make sure, say, you know, all the five cars, them rolling together. And when we step in at the party, we are stepping together, you know, because we want to show, say, yo, we are roll deep and them thing. You know, it's just, I live for them moments. Okay, you know? so what made you choose uh, Wu-Tang Forever over 36 Chambers, which many people <laughs> consider one of the greatest hip-hop albums of all time. Here what? Let alone it, the greatest Wu-Tang album. Let me tell you. So I started listening hip-hop in 96. That's when lyrically... The, the, the evolution of lyricism had already set in by 96. So it's like when, you, when you're listening at that point in time and you're hearing the Wu-Tangs at that time, you're hearing Nas, you know, it, after it was written, like not even Illmatic. Like it, it, it was hard to, it was hard to, to, to process 36 Chambers lyrically because the lyricism was in, slightly simpler. You know, it, like, it took me a while to start to appreciate what 36 Chambers really was. But at the time, 
I was like, yo, Wu-Tang forever. This, the type of lyricism, the, the, you know what I mean? The multi-syllable, you know, the way how lyrics just evolved. Like, it took me a while now, and then I started, and then even the texture of the composition, the beats, it's like, I really had to go in and say, yo, this is what the man was doing in 92, 93. You know, and then it took me a while to develop that sensitivity to appreciate earlier hip-hop. You know, and that, that took me a few years. But by, I mean, it, it's, still, it's still the album that changed the game for me because that was the first one. Maybe because you were a bit older, it was a bit later on in the exactly. history of hip-hop. But, but what I'm saying is I still have to consider forever even though I appreciate 36 Chambers as definitely one of the greatest. And even uh, from start to finish, a more consistently great body of work than Wu-Tang Forever. Because it's a double CD. There's a bunch of tracks that people consider like filler tracks, even though I love all of them. You know what I mean? But it's just like, it's just like how the real thing is the greater album. But, but Praise EJ is like my personal. You know what I mean? It's like I, I just have a preference for that. It's similar with Forever and like 36 Chamberlain's. Never learn. This my testament to those burn. Play my position in the game of life, standing firm. On foreign land, jump the gun out the frying pan into the fire. You know, there's there's other albums like Iron Man, you know, only built for Cuban links, Liquid Swords. Like when you're talking about early Wu-Tang albums, Liquid Swords is my album from Jesus. Like I listen to that a lot more than 36 Chambers, you know, and, and all of the man them is on it. You know, when the man them doing albums, it features everybody. It's not like really a solo album, you know, but yeah. Okay. I just really so New York is in. really, you're a heavy New York hip hop head? Yeah, East Coast. Yeah, Definitely. Yeah, yeah, Any other sure. albums outside of New York which really stood out for you growing up? Um, Definitely like Common from Chicago. You know, Eminem, Detroit, um, like like the first one. I wasn't really feeling Eminem stuff. Like maybe the first and second. Slim Shady, Marshall Matters. Yeah, after, after that, that things, things kind of <laughs> shifted up a little bit. I don't know, something changed with his whole vibe. But yeah, come on, like Water for Chocolate. Um, um, what's the other one? You know, obviously I used to love her. You know, all of them albums. Come on is one of my personal favorites. You know the roots from Philly. Okay. Yeah, I'm not not super big. I was not a super big West Coast, you know, listener. But there's some artists I really listen, like Raskas. You mm. know, very lyrical, like a lyrical genius. Obviously, you know, they're just classic mm. albums like The Chronic and such. You know, Andrew. Snoop Dogg have classic albums, but them just wasn't lyrical enough for me to really appreciate. You know. Have there been any UK rappers that have really grabbed your attention? Yeah, definitely. Um, especially now an artist called Dave. Dave. Yeah, yeah, he's the one that I've been listening. You know, because, I mean, obviously, you know, like Akala is somebody I know. You know what I mean? He's somebody I know and look up to, you know, for sure. And lyrically, superb. Um, Dave as a, you know, somebody who kind of doing it right now. Definitely listening to him. Um, the kid's ahead of his years. He's, yeah. he's 20, 21 years old. You serious? He's 15 years younger than Akala. <laughs> and it seems like he's got the mind of an yeah, OG. Yeah, for sure. It's amazing how much sure. depth the guy has for someone of his... And in, in music, translating too. It, it translates. It, it, it doesn't feel like... 
like obviously some of the songs are very deep but it doesn't feel like it's way over the head of the average you know young person is 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 a way how he he's he's composing his lyrics that is easy to kind of get where he's coming from and digest and relate to and obviously the song with burner boy you know just tearing down the place and thing definitely yeah. definitely definitely okay all right let's move on to your own music um sure. let's start with the first song what's your selection so I had to go with lyrics, deity. Them not got no style like we. I tell you, them not got no style like we. None of them not wicked, not wild like we. I mean, it was hard to choose, you know, which songs kind of define me as an artist. But I think lyrics, deity, coming from a hip-hop background, but, you know, developing my, my vocal ability to kind of deliver, you know, reggae music the way I wanted to. And, you know, it's kind of... You know, them not gonna style like we. It's kind of like a retro, you know, vibe. You know, I used to listen a lot of Supercat, you know, and them kind of man there. And, you know, just, just bringing that kind of lyricism. Like, them don't know the style and them don't know the pattern from New York, Manhattan to Tokyo, Japan. Flows them a lock and the globe with your chat and lyrics them a kick like the, the boy when name's Latin. You know, it's like, mm. it's, it's still very hip hop, but you know very reggae dancer at the same time you know dj me a dj so that kind of kind of shows you you know my influences in one track you know it's not the deepest song it's more easier listen you know and that's why i had to go with you know for second i had to go with um meaning of life you know because i feel like my identity is definitely an artist who who goes in you know in terms of the message you know, and that for me was me really going in, you know, in terms of a topic, talking about reincarnation. And it's, it's like that kind of rhythm is my kind of reggae, like, you know, boof, buff, heavy, kick, snare, you know what I mean? Like that rockers kind of sound, that black Uhuru type of sound, you know, um, yeah, 80s, 80s reggae, you know, that, you know, and, and just going in on the message and something like that, I think that encapsulates a lot of what I'm about as an artist. And it wouldn't be Kabaka without lyrics, not so much on the spiritual side, but talking about the system. And that's why I had to go with Well Done. In your face, they must smile up. Behind your back, I'm on them a pile up. Try to start your business and them quick for spoil up. You know, it's a political song, it's a sarcastic song, you know, congratulating for the job them doing, tearing down the place. You know what I mean? The politicians in Jamaica, in the world, in UK, everywhere. You know what I mean? It's, I think that the way how I wrote that song, it definitely says a lot about, you know, what, what's going on in my mind when it comes to things like that. And yeah, you know, that, you know, even the connection with Damien, you know, he produced a track. And him being a major influence for me as an artist over the years. And that was a monumental shift for me. You know, my musical linkage with him kind of started at that point too. And him being the one who, you know, put my album together, basically. How did that connection come about? Because that's, I guess, a connection yeah. that almost every reggae artist <laughs> in the world would love to have. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, right? I mean, he definitely wanted to do more production. He wanted to you know, venture more into producing albums for like younger artists, reach out to the younger generation. Um, and he reached out to me through a mutual friend that he had a rhythm he wanted to do a juggling on, which is obviously voicing multiple artists, different songs on the same rhythm, putting out a compilation. 
and that's what that was you know well done you know chronics was on the rhythm jesse was on the rhythm tidal you know julian marley was on the rhythm as well and um yeah that's just how it began i wrote the song within you know like i, I got the rhythm while i was watching a football game you know i think it was a, a el classico barca against real madrid and as soon as the game finished i put you know put on my headphones and psh, within maybe 45 minutes i wrote the entire song and i don't usually just write a song start it. i usually have a, ver- a chorus on first verse and i'm happy because i can always just go into the recording booth and finish it you know from you know from off of my head but that song i wrote everything from start to finish right there and recorded it then we flew to miami you know you know worked on this the mix of the song you know with damien and his engineer and that was that's when we just started talking about doing further music you know that was like late 2014. wow so yeah. when did your career first start as a serious artist then i would say when we, we dropped the rebel music ep in 2011 that's that's kind of when we really entered the music business you know we we're making music before but you know, I guess, I guess we weren't as when we look at back at it now, we were probably not as serious about it until then. You know, but you know, I was still in school and you know things like that, and the team was working, and you know, it was just it was just a different vibe then. But when we put out that CD, that was kind of the decision, like I'm not going to do the rapping thing anymore. You know, I just focusing on reggae but still bringing that hip-hop influence into reggae and, and, and having that be my identity. So Rebel Music was, was that. You know, a lot of those songs would really encapsulate me as an artist, but I think I've grown so much since then. Like, if I wanted to play some songs for people, I will probably play some of these more recent songs. You know, but like Free From Chains from that album, you know, Ready For The Road, Warrior, I alone, these are some crucial songs where like definitely would also define me as an artist too. Are they available online? Yeah, but for free. We didn't release them on any like official it was it was kinda unofficial release. it's you can download it free off a of bandcamp and I think SoundCloud links are up. Like it's on YouTube. You know, you can get the rebel music, listen to the rebel music songs on Bandcamp, SoundCloud, YouTube. It's not like on iTunes or Spotify or Okay, so another one of your songs, which I noticed you didn't mention, is Liberal Opposer. And <laughs> that was a tough decision. To, yeah. I guess it's a popular song of yours. Yeah, for sure. Partly for the production, but more importantly for the message. What was the story behind this song? So... Or Virgin Zeke, um, he has a label called Green Lion. You know, he lives up in Maine, up in the US. And he reached out, he reached out to me like shortly after the Rebel Music EP. He was just sending me rhythms. That was the first one actually. No, I think I did another one before that, a song called New Year. Um, he sampled uh, um, the e-commerce, the, the, the ganja smuggling rhythm there. And... Um, this was the second one he sent me and i recorded it you know and he loved the song obviously and it definitely became quickly became one of the fan favorites 
now like the people who really into Kabaka music always love liberal opposing you know obviously the message in it it will be a rebel with our cars talking about some deep like chemetic stuff and you know yeah some some hieroglyphic language stuff may i talk about it and it was just really yeah that one that one was one that i was definitely contemplating to use you know but sometimes there there's certain there's certain lyrics that you know when you're young and you you're kind of hot-headed and you you know you just say certain things and like you know it like somebody who listened that song now you know if they're like a christian they might be turned off when i say be careful about the jesus christ stuff and you know you know certain little things like that so you know it's just an evolution and you know obviously yes you, you, you have to express what's on your mind but you know so yeah sometimes there's a little you know there's more maturity as you grow you know so that was recorded when maybe late 2011 early 2012 okay so it's one of your older songs yeah man, wow. definitely, wow, definitely wow, wow, wow. and sure. you have a dubstep edge on that production yeah, which yeah, i think exactly. adds to the whole kind of liberal left-wing kind of vibe for on sure, it for very sure, for underground sure. uh, definitely, definitely subversive that, feel yeah that's nothing. what that's what he was going for for that one you know he actually did you know like adding the dubstep bass and stuff after that was in post-production mm. kind of thing so that was mm-hmm. cool you know definitely definitely like that one and it's one of my personal favorites to perform on stage you know like, especially in the uk we love that liberal yeah, opposition yeah you know? exactly exactly the movement yeah, is happening at the minute i think a lot of people identify with, no, for with sure. the theme of that song no, so for sure yeah, for sure i'm sure, sure they're gonna love it in outlook festival when you perform it yeah, yeah have, to, <laughs> have to do that one mm-hmm. sure. have to do that one okay um and so a song that you're promoting at the minute you just yeah. dropped the video for yeah natural woman produced by damien on the album contraband Definitely proud of this one. It's, it's, it's one of my older songs that I had that we redid for the album. Yeah, just, you know, talking about, you know, appreciating, you know, natural beauty in women. You know, women who are proud of how they naturally look and don't feel the need to enhance themselves artificially in, in the various different ways that can be done nowadays. You know, it seems like every day, you know, they're finding new ways to enhance people's appearance and and things like that and change different things about people's bodies. But I think that, you know, spiritually i think that we are born in the bodies we are for a specific reason so we can learn something you know it's it's a part of our our karmic duty to to live out a certain you know in a certain way the parents that we are born to the countries that we are born in you know these are all things that are prescribed to us based on the needs that we have to learn and to evolve so i think it's very important to to appreciate you know what you do have you know even though you know you might be rich you might be poor you might be black you might be white you might you might be pretty you might be considered ugly by other people but at the end of the day it's how you feel about yourself you know and i think that's that's what matters the most and sometimes you just you just have to love yourself and block out everything else and that's that's the most attractive thing you know when you do love yourself as you really are you know and that's that's really what the song is about
Brilliant. You know? Okay. If you had to summarize like three artists, really, who mm-hmm. were your biggest inspirations? Yeah. Is that easy to do? <sighs> or more? If you, I don't I'd know. Pr- I'd probably end up throwing in a few more in there, but you know, obviously Sizzler. I would say Damien Marley. Um, yeah, I would say Common. I think if 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 I was to go with three, those three would be pretty safe. You know, those three would be pretty safe. Sizzler, Damien, Common. But you know, Black Thought from the Roots is somebody I really identify with musically. You know, Bujo Banton, of course, Capleton. So many. So Even many Steve Marley. Yeah. Like, yeah. Steve Marley, I was going to ask you about because I know that he co-produced your album yeah. with his brother. What's he like to work with? Because he's, for me, one of the most accomplished reggae musicians of all time. No, for sure. He's an absolute Grammys, genius. all of it. No, definitely, definitely. Mm. On every level. Um, the album, the main, the main person behind the album was Damien. But obviously, you know, they, 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 you know, they both, they are ghetto youths. Ghetto youths, the label is both. So everything is run by Steve, you know, as well. And um, his influence on the album, you know, some of the songs were, were actually voiced and, and mixed in his studio. Reggae music, lyrics deity. Um, All I Need, which was the, the final track on the album. He actually did some production on the track as well, in, and in in addition to myself and Natalie Rice, who you know did vocals as well as production, and um, yeah, him just you know him sprinkling magic dust over the track, you know, Steve mm. think different, and he gave me some little suggestions when I was recording reggae music and just the kind of vibes it up. Cause him have that real retro old school dancehall thing in him too, you know and. And you know he was he was very helpful with that, and he also um, put together the track listing, like the order and arrangement of the album. So that was that was pretty cool to like just watching him kind of work it out, and it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense, yeah, you know, because yeah, yeah. we had a couple drafts and thing before, and he kind of heard what the draft was, and then he just you know made his suggestions after that, and okay. it was it worked out pretty well. All right. Mm-hmm. Any plans for the rest of 2019 looking into 2020 for Quebec Pyramid? What can we expect? Yeah, right now I've been on the road for been on the road for 3 months now. Um you know, we did a couple tours before that, Europe in spring, America in the winter. So we've definitely been on the road for a lot of this year. I'm looking forward to a little break. Mm. You know, like a month, hopefully two. And then um you know, it's possible that we'll come back to UK in November. Nothing set in stone yet. I'm, we're looking at some dates in Africa in December. You know, hopefully that can manifest. Um, supposed to be doing a show in Kingston, you know, in Jamaica. And just other than that, I want to, I would love to do some more videos from the album because I really believe in the songs and I, I'm, I'm loving, you know, the impact Natural Woman is having on YouTube. You know, the numbers are looking good. You know, reggae music was really good for us. You know, it dropped in January and it's almost at 5 million views now. So that was very good. You know, it's encouraging to see that even though to the average person it might be old songs, you know, but it's still still fresh. You know, they're still relevant and the message in the songs is still important. So still want to do a couple more videos. 
and then you know look to start releasing some new music and i'm producing a, a rhythm as well a juggling rhythm that i'm not i haven't recorded on it but i've recorded various artists on it so look it that's my first you know juggling project that we'd be doing as baby rock so we're definitely looking forward to releasing that sometime in the latter part of this year is that going to feature new upcoming artists definitely yeah definitely. anyone that you can mention um i'm king mass um i have iris soldier i have tamoji from out of jamaica um king mass is based in boston iris soldier it's a good bridging of mine who based from barcelona and he actually introduced me to genius who produced like three songs on the album and somebody i work with a lot so you know it's, it's it's definitely a lot of my friends are on the album and on the, the rhythm i should say you know dope, dope, dope. anyone that you'd love to work with in 2020 definitely want to do some more work with steve because we kind of just basically you know just scratch the surface of working with steve marley steve mcgregor is another one too you know like super dupes these are people i'd love to work with um I, I've, I've been doing I've been in studio with you know some UK artists like Plan B looking forward to you know finishing up those works um, have something working on with Maverick Sabre um, Fanatics um, Toddler T you know on production um, yeah it's a lot of, yeah, it's a, yeah. Lot, a lot in store a lot working in with store. the right names man those are all <laughs> popping those are all popping names yeah, man give thanks man definitely give thanks. man give thanks all right. Any last words for your fans or for any reggae artists that, or any artists around yeah. the world that really trying to, you know, emulate your success or kind yeah. of take inspiration from what you're doing? Yeah. Well, it's it's all about focus, you know. It's all about focus, you know. It's 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 a art form. Music is art, but you have to understand the business. You know, that's 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 the way how you're going to grow and and your art is going to reach out to more and more people. So you know, definitely stay on top of that. You know focus dedication work you know know what your strengths are but know what your weaknesses are always work on them um and just just always set a high standard for yourself you know no matter how much people tell you it sound good or it sound great make sure you believe it sound good and if it doesn't do put in the work to make sure it, it reaches to that level you know and yeah you know just generally though I always try to tell people that, you know, we're one human family, you know, different races, different nations. But at the end of the day, we still bleed the same blood. We still, our souls are coming from the same source. You know what I mean? So it's just all about collective evolution, you know. Thank you very much, Kabaka Pyramid. It's been a pleasure. Respect. <laughs>